morning, everyone. Uh, is anyone else from a more traditional background than, uh, than this? Yeah? Anyone else go to Sunday school growing up? Um, can we have the first screen? It's going to come up. Um, we've not really fulfilled what, what I'd normally do on an Easter Sunday. So those who are more traditional can help me with this. So he is risen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's not forget the hallelujah. Fantastic. I have asked Barbara to come and read for us. Are you happy to come and read for us? Come on. Come on then, I think you'll need to stand at this mic. And she's going to read Luke 24. Is that the right height for you? <clears throat> Doesn't matter, it'll pick you up. So Luke 24, 1 to uh, 12. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But early on Sunday morning, the woman went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't there. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of the sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his eleven disciples and everyone else what, they had happen what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. St stooping, he peered and saw the empty linen wrappings, and then he went home again, wondering what had happened. Amen. Thank you. Great reading as well. Good job. Okay, I want you to do one more thing on your tables before I speak, okay? I just want you to ask this question to each other, and it's on the next slide. Who is your favorite superhero? So anyone, just get in your tables for a minute and, and answer the question, who is your favorite superhero? And it doesn't have to be a Marvel one. Anyone. And then tell me why. Not me, but tell each other why. Nah, and don't say Jesus. Come boy, he needs to be on a table with people to tell them. Or maybe, come boy, who's your favorite superhero? <laughs> All right then. All right then. Shall we bring it in? Shall we bring it in? We're going to have one from each table. Okay? Someone speak and tell me your favorite superhero. I'm Shadow Wonder Woman. Wonder, why Wonder Woman? <laughs> okay, let's not go too deep. Okay. It's the transformation yeah. and the red lipstick. The red lipstick. <laughs> we go with that one. Very good. Favourite superhero? Iron Man. Iron Man? Yeah. Why Iron Man? Because he's like Elon Musk. In a, in a <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> Someone has to like him. Uh, the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Why the Incredible Hulk? Because he's strong and incredible. 
<laughs> I like it. Thor. Thor. Why Thor? He can, he can fly, he can travel across. Is Thor with a hammer? I'm really rubbish. Yes. Sorry, not hammer. It's not a hammer. What is it? That's not the right word for hammer. Okay, we're getting into detail. <laughs> Favourite superhero? One of the youth, come on. Batman. Why Batman? He saves Gotham City. That's a really good one. Have we got one more table? One more table. Favourite superhero? Mrs. Incredible. Why Mrs. Incredible? Mia. Mia from Lego Friends. Because you two had it on your wedding cake. <laughs> we did have it on our wedding cake. Not that we're humble at all. <laughs> but we did have Mr. and Mrs. Incredible on our wedding cake. <laughs> from a prophecy, so anyway. The way that we argue, that's what it was all about. Um, so, the reason I wanted to do that was because my favourite one is Superman. I think Superman, just my obvious one, he can do anything, he's very little that can compete against Superman. But I think we have this thing in the church where we, we like all powerful things and we, we love them and we get excited by them and we get attracted to it. But when we talk about Jesus, we tend to talk about him in this meek and mild and gentle way. <laughs> and we tend to talk about him like he loves cuddling sheep all day. And you think about Jesus and he's there kind of, you know, sheep on his shoulders, giving a little cuddle. That was a nice little example, Nick and Paul, excellent. But that is not, I think, what the Bible says about Jesus. And it's not about what, what today says about Jesus. And, and if, you, if you do any children's work, you'll probably know the song, Jesus is my superhero. Anyway, let's not go there. But, huh? No, he knows, no, he knows it. But Jesus in the Bible is pictured as all-powerful. He is the all-powerful one, and yet we somehow read into it and even preach into it or sing into it. He's like this meek and mild, and he is meek and mild, and he's kind, and he's good, and he's generous, and he's merciful, but, but he, he's that from a place of all-powerfulness. And I just want to go through a few examples, and I've loved doing this because it's actually just my favorite, favorite bits in the Bible. So I've just gone through... A few of the things the Bible says about Jesus. Uh, and, and I just love it. So, Revelation 1. And Revelation is a, a, an amazing book when you get into it, but it's just the worship of Jesus that is incredible in it. And John sees this picture of Jesus. He, sees, he turns around and he sees this image of Jesus. And it says, When I turned around to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven golden lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstand was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe and a gold sash across his chest. His head was like hair, white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were flames of fire. His feet were polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty oceans. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun in all of its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look. I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys to death and the grave. 
Jesus holds all-powerful. This, this isn't a gentle Jesus. This is an all-powerful Jesus. You get this image of him with fiery eyes and thundery voice and just like the waves crashing over and he's all powerful and incredible. He's Jesus. He's amazing. And this is a, if you're thinking actually the resurrection, well, other people were resurrected. Jesus rose people from the dead in the Bible, but they were still subject to death. They went on to die again. This verse says that Jesus will never die again because the grave couldn't hold him. Come on, he's all-powerful. Someone asked me, the guy, I, I mentioned him in my preach last week as well, but someone asked me, that, uh, where's Jesus' body? It's like, no, 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 you've got it wrong. <laughs> Jesus is alive. But this, this is the guy who's never read the Bible before. But Jesus is the living one forever and ever. <laughs> That's one way to keep us still, isn't it, everyone? <laughs> Put her in a box. No one will get that on the recording. You might want to cut that out. Revelation 5, and this is one of the most incredible verses in the, or, or parts of Scripture. All of heaven bows down at Jesus' feet. All of heaven, all of the angels, all of the people who have died in Jesus already, everyone we read about who we think are heroes of the faith, they all bow down at the foot of Jesus. And they all sing, all of heaven sings, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is he to receive honor and glory and power. Jesus is worshipped by all of heaven. He is all powerful. He's incredible. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Revelation 19 tells us that Jesus will come back. It tells us that Jesus will come back and judge the whole world. It's incredible. In the, in the Easter story, he is judged. The judge of all the world is judged by the created. It's just incredible. Jesus, the judge, will come back. He is the one who will come back and will end the whole world. There will be one ending to the world, and it's when this mighty, powerful Jesus, and Revelation 19 depicts him on a white horse, riding, and on his leg, he's got a tattoo. He does. Does anyone know what it says? King of kings and Lord of lords. <coughs> King of kings and Lord of lords. And on his back, he's got this, on his robe as well. King of kings and Lord of lords. Everyone that we think is powerful now will bow down to Jesus. Because he is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Everyone, everything, bow down to Jesus. Revelation 22. He talks about being the Alpha, the beginning and the Omega, the end. He was the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Nothing was created that wasn't created through Jesus. Nothing, whether you can see it or you can't see it. Jesus, the Word of God, created everything. Everything. He is all powerful. Colossians 1 is my favorite ever like chapter, and I just love it. It's just like... 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is Jesus. Hallelujah. This is Jesus. He is glorious. I love that verse where it says, all things hold together by the power of his word. Just rest on that for a second. Everything that we see now, if Jesus stops talking, it stops. <laughs> if Jesus stops being, it, it stops. He holds everything together, every atom, everything, everything that we can't see, every throne, every principality. Everything is held together by the power of Jesus. Hebrews 1 says a very similar thing. He says that he is the radiance of the glory of God the exact imprint of his nature, and he holds the universe by the power of his word. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become much more superior to angels. He is the superior one, the all-powerful one, the mighty one. This is Jesus that we worship today. This is Jesus. Just rest on that. The Jesus that we worship is all powerful. He is incredible. So I want to apologize if we make him out to be weak, <laughs> if we make him out to be too gentle, if we make him out, because we need to know that Jesus is all-powerful. He is the all-powerful, almighty one who rules and reigns over all things. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship you today, King Jesus. You are incredible, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I even flicked through, so we've been going through Luke a little bit, up to Easter, and, and we're going to do Luke again next week. We're going to do the road to Emmaus next week. But I just flicked through the Gospel of Luke. I literally took me 15 minutes to flick through, to think, oh, why, like, what, what does the Gospel of Luke say? So Luke 4, demons obey Jesus. Jesus cleanses a man possessed by spirits. Fever leaves Peter's mother-in-law. Peter's mother-in-law is on a deathbed. He reaches out, holds her by the hand. The next thing it says, she's up and serving everyone. Completely healed. Completely free. Many others are healed in that chapter as well. Luke 5, leper, a leper is cleansed. Jesus reaches out and touches a leper. And instead of the leprosy going to him, the healing comes through Jesus. And everyone's like, wow. Jesus is all-powerful. Jesus forgives a man's sins. Jesus forgives a man's sins. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> and the religious leaders are like, what are you doing? You can't forgive sins. It's like, well, what shall I say? Shall I say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? And the man gets up and walks, and it's a sign that he's able to forgive the power of sin. Luke 6, he heals a man with a withered hand. A man stood there with a withered hand. He can't do it. And he's... He also heals a de demon-possessed man. 
Luke 7, he heals a Roman centurion's son from a distance. He just says, oh, your faith is good. You're healed. (laughs) And in that moment, the boy was healed. He raises a widow's son from the dead in that same chapter. This is Jesus. Raises someone from the dead. He's powerful over death. He forgives someone's sins in that one. Luke 8, he calms the storm. We all know what that means. He's powerful over all of nature. He just says, shh, and the waves go, shh. Come on. He heals a woman with a long-term condition, and he, and he raises a man's daughter from the dead in that chapter. Luke 9, he feeds 5,000. Many, many more, most likely, men, women, children. He heal, and he does it with a very small amount of food. He's not just a really good caterer. And then he heals a boy with an unclean spirit, which other people couldn't do. He's all powerful over the things we can see and can't see. Luke 13, a woman with a disabling spirit is healed. Luke 14, a man is healed on a Sabbath day. Luke 17, 10 lepers are cleansed. Luke 18, he heals a blind beggar. Luke 19, he transforms Zacchaeus' life by just speaking into him and welcoming him, changes his heart, transforms the man completely, and he gives away all his wealth. Luke, 19, uh, Luke 22, he heals an arresting officer, someone coming to arrest him. One of the disciples chopped off his ear. Jesus says, no, that's not the way we're doing this. Heals his ear. Come on, Jesus. Luke 23 is the time when he is mocked and crucified. And I've been thinking about this this week, actually, his crucifixion and how much power it shows us. How much power it shows us that this king, who's over all things, would be on a cross for us. And people walk by mocking him, saying, you can get yourself down. Go on, you said you could. Go on, you could. Go on, go on, go on. And he could. That's the incredible thing. He could have done that. He could have done that. Think of the, this is the most painful way that the Romans used to kill people. He was in intense pain, intense pain. And more than that, all the sins of us were on his shoulders. He was in intense pain. And in that moment, think about, well, think about being in pain. What do you do? It's the fight or flight syndrome, isn't it? So you either run away from it, and that's what he's being tempted to do. Come on, run away from this. But he chooses to stay on that cross because he loves us so much. That's powerful. That is his power. Jesus is all powerful in that moment. And not only that, but he, he offers forgiveness to people. Think about this. You're hanging from this. You're trying not, you're trying, well, you're trying not to die. I'm not saying that. He is dying, hanging from nails in his hands. The excruciating pain. And what does he say? In Luke 22, 23, it records him saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He, he's flowing with this powerful forgiveness. He wants people to be forgiven. He wants people to know him and be forgiven. That's power. In that moment, there's a, a criminal on the side of him, two criminals either side of him looking at him. One of them says, oh, you scumbag, you this, you that, you deserve it. The other one says, oh, you don't know what you're saying. What are you doing? Jesus, remember me. And Jesus says, you will be with me in paradise and offers great forgiveness. And we say that in the plain light of day, but think about the excruciating pain he's going through when he says these things, and he's flowing with this mercy. That is power. 
That is power. And then we get to Luke 24, the most glorious moment of all of history. Women come to the grave and the the stone is rolled away and it is empty because Jesus is risen because death could not hold him. And that's what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating this Jesus. The Bible, Paul records that actually if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then neither would we raise from the dead. So there's great promise in Jesus raising from the dead. He also says that we are justified through him raising from the dead. And we're going to do baptisms in a few weeks, and it's the picture of Jesus. That's what baptism is. It's being dunked down into the grave. You go under the water. You're in the grave. You die with Christ. But then, you, we don't leave you there, I promise, anyone getting baptized. We raise you up as a sign that you are raised up with Christ because he has risen up as well. That's what baptism shows us. I just want to finish with just two promises that I think are in the scripture Sometimes it's not good to go with what culture does on, a, on an Easter or Christmas. Sometimes it's not good. Sometimes it is good. Easter eggs is a good reason to go with culture because I love chocolate. No, 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 no. <clears throat> I do love chocolate. Eggs were first given out as a sign of new life. That's why eggs are given out. That's why we give out eggs. In Germany, it started. They gave out eggs to say this is new life. And that's why I think it's wonderful for us to celebrate with Easter eggs still, because it offers us new life. That's what Jesus offers us. The offer on the table of his resurrection is you can have eternal life. That's the promise. You get eternal life, but you also get life now. He gives you a new life now. That's why I love Easter eggs. And in 1 Peter 3, these are 3 to 5, these are wonderful verses, and I think they're on the next slide. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last day. Jesus' resurrection offers you new life, eternal life, that begins when you receive Jesus. Eternal life. Jesus offers you new life. Come on. He is all-powerful. And then Romans 8, 11 says this, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and the, the verse before this says if you're a Christian, you have the spirit of God in you. If you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you're not a Christian. And we'll talk about that if you want. But he dwells in you. The the power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And he'll give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. That's the promise in Scripture. Because of his resurrection, his Spirit comes and lives inside of us and gives us eternal life from Peter, and life now in our mortal bodies, he gives us life. And life abundant. That was his promise, wasn't it? I am the resurrection and the life. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am. Jesus is all-powerful. Jesus is all-powerful. And that's why I want to encourage us now to go back into worship, to worship him a bit more. So if you guys could come up. Today is a day of celebration. And I want to encourage you to keep on celebrating. Can I pray? If those are able to stand. Just say, Jesus, you are the way. (laughs) Jesus, we worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much for our salvation, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much that you have saved us, that you have rescued us, Lord Jesus, that you have paid the price for us, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you are all-powerful and almighty, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, that you give us life now and eternal, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, that we have sure and steadfast hope in you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, you are the living one, Lord Jesus, the reigning one, Lord God, the ruling one, Lord. And we love you, Lord Jesus. We just declare that today is a day of celebration, Lord God. Today is a day of glory. Today is a day of salvation, Lord Jesus. Lord God, be worshipped and lifted high in in this place, Lord. Be worshipped and lifted high in this place, King Jesus. We worship you, Lord.